0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the ColbyCast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. We're going to take a break from our weekly recaps of The Last of Us and The Bad Batch, but just, just real quick, because by the time this episode drops, we will literally be eight days away from Mandalorian Season 3, and we got to jump on the hype train. We just got to talk about this. So to do that, I've asked my good friend, returning guest and good, good friend of the, of the podcast, Ross Hollabin, to join us. Welcome back to the show, Ross.
1: Colby, great to be here. Uh, I will try to live up to what, the, uh, what your two wonderful lads often bring to the show. But in, in the meantime, we'll just in, enjoy our time here.
0: We can just be two old dudes yelling at the clouds, if you like, you know, because you know we get the the young perspective with Caleb and Luke so much. Now we can just sit here and be. I remember when,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So for the uh, for the older listeners in the audience, uh, maybe maybe you don't want to hear that, but uh, maybe you do. Maybe you'll you'll be able to relate really well. So. Uh, At any rate, there's one other ulterior motive that I actually wanted to talk with you and have you come on the show about, because I got to tell you, I am super pumped about a podcast that I listened to recently, and it was hosted by none other than yourself, called the Album Cockpit Podcast. I am so excited that you have a new podcast out, and I'd just love to hear you talk about it. So tell me, what is this podcast Knowing that I've heard it, what is it? What are you? What are you looking to to accomplish? And why did you want to start your own podcast?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much, and of course, thank you for listening to the pilot episode that that dropped on uh, Monday of this week. So it's only been out a couple of days at this point, um, but it, it was really. Looking for something, I've had so many great opportunities coming on your show, coming on Rebel Base Card, uh, Coffee with Kenobi, with Dan, both on the main show and on uh, the CWK pour over, uh, talking with Corey and Tom. And we just have such a great collection of friends and everyone doing these things. I didn't want to hop in with another Star Wars specific thing, at least for my first one. That doesn't mean I don't that, that doesn't mean there haven't been discussions with Mark Newbold about doing something extra for Fanta Tracks in the podcast sphere. Nice. Like, that will follow this up. I wanted I wanted to own my own project. Um, so that's what kind of the album cockpit podcast came from. And the original name up until I went to kind of upload the first trial was the album concept podcast. But there's, as I went to put it up there, all of a sudden on Spotify, I see an album concept hour podcast. And I was like, oh, well, that's too damn close. <laughs> so uh, that's a that's a group of guys out of Wisconsin. And I couldn't find websites for it. I searched the name. I did all the proper research. And then all of a sudden this thing came up. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, so it, I, I made the turn, and you know the website is almost done. It's live, but it's almost done, and it it talks about uh, the Star Wars influence on this is Alexander Freed's Alphabet Squadron books. Mm-hmm. So, Chastna Chaddick is one of the pilots. She's the B wing pilot, and she has playlists and music so like as she's going into battle she's like here's what i'm putting on right now nice and that that's how i've lived my life forever like i can tell you i was flipping the tape between ghetto boys and nwa on the school bus heading to uh like 10th grade uh football games for jv like i know like albums spark memories for me And you, Tom, and I have been sharing a a pretty awesome list as well, creating a a shared Spotify (laughs) playlist. So that storytelling of of how music impacts our lives and coalesces with the soundtrack of what we do is really what I wanted to give an opportunity for people to put out there. Um, And I wanted a great excuse to talk to friends, reconnect with people I hadn't talked to for a little while, have an excuse to reach out to people from, I mean, I'm gonna have people that I went to elementary school with on this podcast, talking about certain albums um, and how we've grown with them. Um, And then hopefully I get introduced to some new music, but I, I really wanna introduce other people to new music. And even from this first episode, I've had people saying, I've never listened to this album before, or I'd kind of heard it, but never really paid attention. And I have a buddy who does not like hip hop. And he's like, I've listened to this album three times today. I can't stop listening to it now uh, for the guru jazz album for the first episode. So that is a very long winded answer. Um, And I could keep going and going, but I'll cut myself off there, but super excited about it. And again, it's, it's a collaborative environment where I had a great artist put together the logo as well, um, and I'll call her out on the website and social media eventually too.
0: Well, not only is it not a, a long-winded answer, but it's a, it was the perfect answer. I that's what I've been looking forward to all week. You know, since we connected and and, and we were able to put this chat together. That's what I've been looking forward to is just hearing you talk about this podcast, because the passion that you just displayed is very clear, is very evident. And, you know, tying it into that first episode, it sounds great. The production value of it, the the, the intro that you put together just sounded so good. It, it literally put me in a good mood because it's upbeat. It's got some good music behind your very energetic and always positive voice. And I have to agree with what you just said. I had never heard Jasmine Taz by Guru, the album. But one of the things I loved about it is that you're able to put samples of music into the episode. So you're actually, you're sharing with the audience the things that you're talking about, the actual audio that you can well, I can't quite place this song. What is that song? And then, boom, it's, it's playing in your ear. And I can't tell you how much I love that idea. And I, too, was catching myself going, I'm going to listen to this album. I had never heard it. But the stuff you were putting in there sounded so great. And, you know, I, I love all kinds of music. And one of the reasons that I'm so hyped up about you doing this podcast is it's because it is music. I don't have any music podcasts that I listen to. You know, as as you well know, and many people that are listening to this podcast know, it's a time consuming effort to try to curate your podcast playlists. You don't just listen to any shows, and that's one of the reasons why I, I appreciate anyone and everyone that listens to the Colby Cast because it takes time, and it takes time to decide: Am I going to come back to this? Do I is this topic interesting to me? Are the people interesting to me? Is the style something that I want to listen to week after week after week and I don't have one of those for music. And the fact that you are now supplying me with that one selfishly. Oh yes, double fist pump man because I am super psyched about it. Um I'm not sure how apparent it has been throughout the Colby cast history, but music is a big deal for me, for my family, you know, the boys and I, we recorded uh, our summer playlist episode, which was a ton of fun and we got people's input and we sort of made a playlist. Cause just making playlists is like, it's, it takes me back to making mis- mixtapes back in yes. our childhood. Right. And that's just something that is a formative thing in people's lives. Um, and i'm constantly talking about music in star wars or the bad batch episode or the clone wars even the last of us music to me just enhances the experience of life and the fact that you're going to be providing what i know will be a positive inclusive safe engaging thoughtful podcast about music boy man i'm 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 on board i'm super super hyped about it um you mentioned something <laughs> that's so totally related to uh, about the name and how you sort of had to get creative. I'll just share a little behind the scenes stuff here. Uh, I went around and around in circles for months trying to come up with an, a a name for this podcast and everything i came up with like you said had some slight variation or was already taken and for anybody out there thinking about doing a podcast that's one of the most aggravating parts of the experience is coming up with that name so i just said you know what colby not very common name. I'm going to see if there's something out there. I like alliteration, Colby Cast, boom. I did my my searches on Twitter, Google, and whatnot. Nothing was taken, of course, because who's going to put Colby in a name? And uh, boom, I, I had my name, so I just ran with it. So um, you, you, you didn't
1: see the complaint from all the cheese connoisseurs?
0: <laughs> no, but I do get a lot of people that uh, thought that it would be about cheese, uh, the podcast, and they're disappointed that it's about pop culture and storytelling. <laughs> or the people that were the spin-off series from dynasty uh they they also thought they were it was a nostalgia uh the colby's podcast, so sorry that's you that's not here um so you mentioned it a little bit I'd love to hear more uh more details about the album cockpit podcast the the change that you made you mentioned the alphabet squadron I remember when you were on c w k pour over with Dan and the boys your topic was going into battle playlist, which came right from right uh, the Alphabet Squadron. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that and how that got worked into um, the uh, the name.
1: Yeah, it was just, I kept looking for opportunities. Like, Easter eggs are fun. So being able to build those in a little bit, um, as I set up my, my uh, WordPress account to start building the website, it put me um it gave me a name. So I thought I had signed up with my own name and instead it signed me up as Ross, blah 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 blah. So I have this username that's PL2KT1. <laughs> so I'm looking at that and I was just like, what would Dave Falone do? Sounds like a droid. Well, so Now my playlist droid, who's also my roadie, uh, that there's no visuals of yet, his name's Pluck. So thinking of (laughs) Chopper and Chopper's call letters and then the nickname Chopper. So I have PL2KT1. Yep. So this is Pluck, the playlist droid that that lives on my B-Wing with me (laughs) and handles all all of the goodies on there. So that's the next fun project is, okay. what's the visual going to be of Pluck? Um, and how can I put this together? Um, you know, and even, uh, Pluck has his, uh, placeholder, his or her, I don't know yet, or it's, it's, um, placeholder on the about page. And Pluck is salvaged from spare parts and crafted by Savvy at Black Spire Outpost on Batuu. Love it. Uh, custom droid is a big rolling speaker that can play vinyl albums, cassette tapes, or any digital music imaginable
0: magnificent
1: so how can i bring the fi- the things that i love into a little bit of a star wars existence here so this is like my little bose speaker that i take from room to room in the house uh, <laughs> if i'm working on a project but now it's on wheels and i can just you know kind of hey pluck play this
0: star wars is never far from our mind is it
1: yeah so so that <laughs> lives right in there and it was you know and, and that's what was so captivating and i i one of my goals will definitely to be ha- to have Alexander Freed on here or on the Album Cockpit podcast breaking down an album with me. Yeah, um, that'll,
0: that'll be great.
1: You know, how he wrote Chasna Chaddick and the music that she enjoyed and things like that. Mike Chen is another Star Wars author that uh, recently put out a book called Vampire Weekend, and it is about a vampire that plays punk rock in the bay area nice so i'm a few chapters into that and loving that right now so i'd love to have mike come on and talk so i want to get people from all walks of life on here like i said i want to learn about new music i want to break down things that i love um i can say just within this these past like three days i think i've had i've got booked albums for the beastie boys adele u2 foo fighters Live, Baruch Assault, Public Enemy, Kiss, and a couple others that are kind of people are are deciding what they want to do right now. But those are some of the artists. I won't I won't spoil the album that's there. Um just because th- that's the beautiful part. I'm a huge yeah. Foo Fighters fan.
0: Yeah.
1: And I have 13, 14 albums to break down. But I want to do it at the right time with the right person for each of them. Um, And if I can tie it together with someone who's gone to a concert of theirs, who maybe met the artist, whether by accident or or some other reason, I want those stories that really bring that experience to life
0: how um and i don't want to get too much into the nuts and bolts and if there's something that you're keeping uh close to the vest that you're not ready to talk about by all means tell me uh, i'm not ready to talk about that but how frequent are you looking to drop episodes
1: i'm hoping at least at the start for every other week i need to get down the cadence of how long these are going to take the the pilot took a while but i knew it was going to because i knew i wanted to produce that opener and have the music dropping in there have the you know the samples that were involved and, and and actually produce something there yeah um i need to produce something for the end there isn't even an ending it just kind of ends on the in the first episode <laughs> and i was like i got to the end And i was just like damn i should have something there and i was like i'll worry about it on the next one this is just the pilot <laughs> um, but I wanted to and, and Matt Matt's a super close friend since the first day of college. Um, and we've all stayed just you know the group of us from college that have that that met and lived on the same floor freshman year at 1200 person Western Maryland College that is now called McDaniel College. You know, there's a group of us that are super tight, but there are other people that I'm super close with as well from that school that, They're going to be on here at some time talking about albums. And I've gone on road trips with them to concerts. I've gone, you know, just, you know, sitting in a dorm room listening to an album when it first came out or, you know, when we went and got the CD at the store and hurried back to put it in so we could all listen to it together. Like those are special moments um, that I like to reflect on.
0: One of the things that um, you mentioned in the pilot episode, and it's the the introduction to it, is just sort of what you're going to be doing with the music, because I can tell you that it's a bit intimidating when you hear the words, quote-unquote, analyze or break down. You know, I think about David W. Collins' soundtrack show, and immediately get imposter syndrome. Like, I'm never ever going to attempt to do anything like what he does on that show because it's absolute brilliance i mean he's sitting there playing a piano and breaking down chord progressions and telling you yeah. keys and oh boy it's he is a talented I, this is person just
1: as a music fan this is not a musician
0: <laughs> well and that's what i was getting to was literally when you said that like i i got even more excited because someone's experience about something, whether it's an experience with a song or an album or music or a TV show or a movie or a book or something like that, you can't replicate that. It's everyone has that individual and unique experience. And that is something that I'm so looking forward to hearing is number one, your experience with the music you're talking about. And then your guests experience, or you call them your co-pilot, which I love the co-pilot's experience because that just gets me going. I just love hearing people's experiences with things and the way the, and, and the, the fact that you're going to be formatting it in that way is just something that I'm so looking forward to love it.
1: Yeah. And that's, there are going to be albums that I know very little about. Like I'll research ahead of time. Like that's sure. That's who I am. And that's what I enjoy anyway. Sure. Um, so whether it's an episode of the Mandalorian, whether it is, you know, whatever we're talking about, I want to do my homework ahead of time and at least yeah. have a couple points about it. But now it turns into full deep dives of what does this lyric mean? What does this song mean? What were the videos that were released from this album, and how did that factor into the success of it? Has it shown up in commercials since then? Um, what, what's the, you know, the life source and the narrative of this of this piece of music, and where did it start, and where has it gone since then?
0: Why am I hearing the doors light my fire uh, on the uh, Charmin commercial, for example?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're there. That Mellencamp song that was on the Ford F-150 that I I think it was that was the truck. But like Mellencamp, uh, something was in the contract where he couldn't stop them from using it anymore. And he was (laughs) he was upset how much it got used.
0: Yeah. 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 There
1: are stories like that out there.
0: And I'm looking forward to hearing all the stories that are going to come from this. I think you have, man, you've you've got something here and I'm really excited to see what it turns into. And I wish you all the best with it, Uh, not only because we're good friends, but because I think that it's something that would be valuable for people that are going to listen. Because you just, the things that you bring, whether we're talking or I hear you on Uh, the rebel base card or i hear you on cwk or whatever you may do down the road um you just bring something that the world needs ross and i I mean it genuinely uh it's a pleasure to hear you talk and the fact that you're going to be doing this on possibly weekly if not bi-weekly basis is something that's got me uh very very happy so um i wish you all the success in the world with the album cockpit podcast uh i'm very excited for
1: you brother yeah, um, thanks. And I can't wait to to find out what album you're gonna do.
0: Oh, I I already know my album. You haven't even asked me, and this is the first time you've mentioned it, like seriously, but I would I already know what album I would talk about because there's only one album <laughs> to me. <laughs> but I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna yeah, tell
1: yeah. you. Well and, and that's part of the the fun of this whole game right now and like back and forth texts with people or Instagram messages or Facebook messages for high school friends who I'm just like I know they love this album and I'd love to talk about this. And I want someone who knows it better than I do to talk about it.
0: Well, that's always more fun.
1: Yeah. And just pick their brain on it and just have fun and get to see, you know, I think we're going to learn things about our friends that we do talk about or talk Mm -hmm. with. And as they start breaking down some music of, Hey, I was at this point in my life and it might be something that none of us know about yet. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that you had that experience.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so
1: years off and I can't wait to have that discussion with you.
0: All that potential is just right there, ripe right, For the for the taking. Um, I also did mention and thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us about that. I I again, like I said, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more. Um, but we also talked about. I brought up in the in the intro, something is happening here in just a few days, something that we're both very excited about. So we're going to switch gears here real quick, and we're going to put on our uh, our X-Wing helmets and uh, hit hyperspace and fly over to the Mandalorian uh, part of the galaxy. Uh, we can take a trip to Mandalore, if you will, because the hype train for the Mandalorian has been going hard for the last couple of weeks. You can't turn on... Even the television go on Instagram, Twitter, without seeing some new 30-second spot. It feels like a Marvel movie is about to hit, which, of course, Ant-Man is, is here for us. But um, Marvel does the same thing, where they just sort of inundate the airwaves with commercials and all the stuff leading up to the release. And that's what I'm seeing with The Mandalorian Season 3. So I thought it would be a great idea just to, to have you on and talk about that talk about the Mandalorian, talk about the season coming up uh, and just sort of just jump on that hype train because it's rolling and it's not that the momentum is full tilt boogie on this. So um, it occurred to me though, that I've never asked you one of my favorite questions. So I get to ask you now. I love, I love hearing how people came to star Wars and I, I have, it occurred to me earlier that I have no idea your history with star Wars. I know the current events very, very well, but I've never heard how it hit your radar. What was your experience with it as a child? Where was your entry point? Um, so regale me, Mr. Holliban. Tell me what, at what point did star Wars, uh, reach little Ross's experience.
1: So I can say that I initially saw Star Wars at a drive-in theater, a new hope before it was a new hope. Um, Nice. I was probably almost asleep (laughs) at some point. (laughs) So what I, what I truly remember um, and I I definitely had the figures from it like right away. So the toys were just like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Um, But I, I remember how just, insanely excited I was by the empire strikes back and seeing that in the theater as a kid and Hoth, I couldn't wait until the first time it snowed. Like I, I lived in, in Maryland, you know, probably 35 minutes from DC. Um, you know, so we would get snow and it was just like, all I wanted was snow because I wanted some of the action figures from Hoth to take out in the yard to go play with. in the <laughs> snow. like that was, the greatest thing in the world and getting introduced to Yoda, getting introduced to uh, the amazing twist at the end, but, you know, cloud city getting all these new characters. And um, that was, that hooked me immediately then. Like I was already, I was already hooked in, but the empire strikes back, just fully grabbed me. And then I remember being in ocean city, Maryland, uh, Memorial day weekend when uh, Return of the Jedi came out, and it was a theater that I just learned. I just told my mom about it, um, and a couple other friends. But the theater we used to go to in Ocean City, Maryland, uh, just closed after being. I think it's called the Sunset Theater, Suncoast Theater. Um, it had been there forever, such a huge part of my childhood. But I remember the line for Return of the Jedi. And we were there with a few different families all together down at the beach. And one one of the dads went and got tickets ahead of time. And he was like fifth in line. And then all of a sudden, like four carloads of people, primarily kids roll out and all these other people in the back (laughs) are like, oh, are you kidding me? So there's like 20 of us rolling in like a mob. But I remember seeing there were reporters in the parking lot and cameras and interviews being done of just like, how excited are you to see this movie? And to me, it was just like, this isn't like, this is incredible enough, but like, I'm such an adrenaline junkie. I want to be where those big bright lights are and what are all these people doing? And, you know, whether I'm just rubbing elbows in the middle of it, just paying attention to it, or if I'm involved with capturing it, those are exciting things for me. And I think that's driven a lot of my interests throughout my life and my career as well. But it was, you know, especially that original trilogy, the toys that came out from it, how much my friends were into it, my brothers, um, everything else. So that's where I'm an OT. I started with the OT and Empire Strikes Back is one B for me now behind Rogue One, but it's still right there.
0: Well, I can relate to a lot of what you just said. Uh, we we come from similar experiences. I don't have actually any memory of seeing um, Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back for the first time. I just I, for me they always just seem like they're they've been there, right? They they were just there. I have vivid memories watching them at home, but not in a movie theater. For me, the big movie moment experience was was Return of the Jedi. Um, so. I remember being scared of Yoda (laughs) and being very confused by the Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, uh, vision cave scene. Didn't understand that whatsoever. But then again, I was very little, but like you said, the action figures have been there for as long as I can remember that, you know, I, which came first, my action figures or my feet? I don't know. They've just always been there. So, uh, yeah. So I just, I love it. I love hearing, uh, because so many people have so many varied experiences with star wars it's literally this franchise has been around for generations and multiple generations now are experiencing it in their ways and i just love hearing um how people came to it so thank you thank you for for sharing your story that's
1: that's always fun to talk about
0: have you ever met someone that doesn't want to talk about how they came to star wars (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, it's only the people are just like, "Don't kill me," but I've never seen it before. And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, go, okay, yeah, exactly." I, no, but I'm good with that. Like, people are into different things. I've always been a super fan of anything that I've loved. Yeah, but I understand that, you know, everything isn't for everyone. So sure. I hope they enjoy the things that they enjoy. I hope they can appreciate how crazy I am about the things that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so what about your history with The Mandalorian? Because The Mandalorian really, except for the, besides the sequels, The Mandalorian was really the flagship um, for the Disney era. And, and in many ways, it's probably more of a phenomenon than the sequel sequel movies. And I'm a huge fan of the sequel movies. I love the sequels. But The Mandalorian has really reached a different level. We're literally talking about, you know, um, zeitgeist level stuff right and so what about your history with it what what did you think when you first heard the announcement that there was going to be a show called the Mandal- mandalorian as we started getting more um uh, information about it how john favreau de filoni were involved and i know you had a wonderful experience in chicago at star wars celebration the mandalorian first trailer dropped at that celebration um before we get into the mandalorian uh future tell me a little bit about your mandalorian past
1: um, right from the beginning. So as as I talk about even elementary school friends and, and the history of fandom and music and things like that for me, uh, my buddy Jason, who still lives in the Baltimore area, he, you know, we were roommates right out of college. We've known each other since third grade. Like he used to come down to our bus stop in the morning and we would all play wiffle ball when it was nice out and like get there early to play wiffle ball before we went to school. So it nice. was nice. know just great memory you know sandlot memories right there even um but jason was very adept at reading and keeping up on things and he loved boba fett Mm -hmm. so anything he could find out about boba fett in the mandalorians like he researched all this stuff and he would fill me in he's just like well there's this there's that so i started probably more from the legend style of things learning more about Mandalore and the Mandalorians. So as this was coming out, I was going to be excited about anything coming out. Yeah. But there was a little bit more there just because I knew that there was that layered history, that kind of tortured history. And then, you know, we got to see it through the Clone Wars. We got to see it through Rebels. We got to see all of this build. And it's just like, oh, okay, there's a lot of ways this can go. And not even realizing that there would be a little green superstar <laughs> joining at the hip or the ankle, I guess we want to say. But it it was already unbelievable. And then knowing that Pedro Pascal was going to be it um, and loving his character from Game of Thrones, I was already like, oh, I can't wait to see this guy in action. <laughs> and And there hasn't been a moments disappointment
0: yeah yeah i i agree it has been such i I, f- I almost feel like it's a movie coming out because the the lead up to a star wars movie is like no other for me it's this anticipation of it um I enjoy every day leading up to it and the experience that that is. So right now is a really fun and special time, even though we do get our daily or I should say our weekly dose of Star Wars with the Bad Batch, which I absolutely love. And anybody that listens to the Colby cast knows that we're talking about it every single week, sometimes a little bit longer than others. But I don't don't miss it. That is my Wednesday morning rituals. I'm up and I'm watching the Bad Batch, even if it was – whether it was Andor or another Mandalorian season, Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, I'm watching Star Wars, the absolute fastest moment I can watch it. And, um, the Mandalorian is, is just days away now. And we're going to be adding that to, we are going to actually have some over, overlap for the first time with the bad batch and the Mandalorian. Right. So get a little bit more Star Wars to watch on Wednesday mornings, which, Oh gosh, twist my arm. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so before, So the next thing I wanted to ask you was uh, what what have some of your favorite moments or favorite things, they don't even have to be moments, but some of your favorite things about The Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 and even his presence in the Book of Boba Fett, what were some of the things that you have really enjoyed about this new show of, of Star Wars storytelling?
1: I think maybe my favorite, and I got the ring of it, that I think you saw when I was at celebration the, uh, rock jewelry, the armor. Yeah. You know, it is Emily swallow and getting the chance to meet her at Indie Popcon here, um, and get a picture with her and autograph and just, I turned on knowing that we were going to talk about this, uh, earlier tonight, right before we came on, right before we started on here, I turned on Book of Boba Fett, and I think it's chapter five, and just sped it up to, okay, Din's delivered that Clatoonian's head to that crime boss in that swanky <laughs> bar. He's all cut up and bleeding from his dark sabered leg, his self inflicted wound, and he he's going to the depths to go work there and gets challenged by Paz Vizsla and you know the Tar Vizla who you know, forge the dark saber in the first place. I'm just like, Oh my God, I want all of this right now. So bad. (laughs) Um, And that component, even tying in with, with Boba learning how to ride a rancor and Grogu learning how to calm it, because I'm going to guess we're going to go under the ground on Mandalore and for things to occur there. So that's what I'm hoping. Um, I think the tea leaves are headed that way, but I don't know. We've had we've had misdirection before, so we'll see what happens. But you know, I I love the armor, I love all that backstory. Um every character that they introduce ends up playing a pretty pretty great role. And you know, it's all about Dinjarin's journey. And you know, it's become Din and, and Grogu's journey, and I'm excited about both of those, each step of the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You to sort of sort of piggyback onto what you're saying. W- this m- this wonderful world that they're building with all this lore behind it that they just sort of give us in droplets, right? They, they're just giving it to us little by little over the course of two seasons and the and the episodes in, in Book of Boba Fett. One of the things I especially like about that is how they've connected it to the larger galaxy. I mean, we have Ahsoka in this series. We've got Luke Skywalker appearing a couple different times. Um, You mentioned the Darksaber and what that means. And, you know, there's um, Bo-Katan. How could we forget Bo-Katan, right? Uh, I mean, this her alone, she has such a rich storytelling history through Star Wars animation that as soon as we saw her helmet it was one of those wow moments when we saw the dark cut through that tie fighter at the end of season one with Moff Gideon. It was another wow moment. Like, like literally, I stood up, going, "Yeah, that's the dark saber. That's the dark saber."
1: Um, I love that because my my nephew Blake, uh, who watched, you know, he he knows the history of the the dark saber as well, and that was. I was at my parents' house in Florida for Christmas when that came out. Um, and he hadn't watched yet. I had woke up at the crack of dawn, Monica and I did, and watched the episode. But then kind of the family watched it later. And as Blake watched it, I watched him. And that same reaction of where he stood up and like looked at me with like the most serious look ever. Like he had just <laughs> discovered the Holy Grail. And he's like, that's the Darksaber. He's like, I know, isn't it awesome? <laughs> that's one of so the reasons I, I, I love you that. saying that because I got oh. to experience it with him.
0: Well, and that's one of the reasons why I love watching it early in the morning because, you know, and I adore watching these things with my family. Uh, it's, it's part of the experience and experiencing Star Wars and really any kind of storytelling with the people that you love and your friends, it, it just makes the experience even better. But one of the reasons why I like to watch it before anybody else has seen it is because of what you just said that gives me the chance to watch them watching it so during these moments like i'm side-eyeing people (laughs) like let me see your reaction and it never disappoints ross oh boy it never disappoints um but the one moment that i think was i still i still can't believe that it happened i i remember vividly watching the first episode of The Mandalorian is, of course, the day that Disney Plus dropped, the day that, that it went live. You can't, you couldn't get on it because it was overwhelmed with people. So I ended up being able to download the episode. You know how you can have your the download option and you can just watch it locally on your device. Right. I had it and I said, okay, this is going to be my backup. Um, because I was able to log on to the point enough where I could download it and then it kicked me out but then I went and I tried to get back in there and I I think I did it once or twice. And I said, okay, if it's the third time, if I can't do this, i'm just gonna watch it you know on my phone which i didn't want to do um i wanted to watch it on my tv but it worked so i was able to stream it uh and i sat there just in awe from the beginning even from the new intro with the light going across the helmets you know and the star wars and then the first thing you hear is that is the mando theme and you see him walking down this what seems to be like this icy type of walk. And then you go into this bar and then you get the, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. And then you Mando. I mean, yeah, exactly. Just the first 10 minutes of that episode is just full of iconic stuff. And we're talking about 10 minutes, but the way that episode ended was I could not believe and some parts of me still don't believe that they had the courage to introduce this character that we all love so much named grogu and even for a year or longer we called him baby yoda because we didn't even know his name yeah when i saw the camera panned from you know gave us the point of view from behind him and all we saw was just a little part of his silhouette and i saw those little pointed ears we're all looking for a 50 year old character in our mind it was such a great bait and switch right and we see this little these little pointed ears i again sat straight up and i'm like there's no way and then they pan around and you see those little hand that little hand pulling down his blanket i think my jaw dislocated because it it just i could not believe and I, i think i said to myself they just set up star wars storytelling for an undetermined amount of time with a character that they've just introduced and i could not believe what i had just i could not believe what i witnessed
1: yeah, it was it was magic like that is To me, that's what entertainment should do. Like that should be entertainment should be the fountain of youth. You know, no matter what age you are, it should give you those chills of all the wonderful first that you've ever had in life. You know, if when that hits that right note and you get that chill and you get that, you know, burst of sunshine in your soul kind of coming out, I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? Today's going to be an awesome day because I just saw that because (laughs) I just listened to that. They merged it all together. Like Ludwig Goranson's, Mm. his soundtrack is just beautiful and all that. And I'm interested to see how this season's going to go because I believe he did not score this one. Right. Um, But we have this epic music from him for two seasons that, that, plays such a massive role in defining who everyone is as well so but ju- just having those moments having those having those visual cues having those audible cues it's it makes it easy to set the alarm for 530 5 five <laughs> in the morning before a work day you know because there aren't many things that are getting me out of bed at that point. <laughs>
0: You brought up Ludwig Gordonson and it's a good segue sort of to go from what we've been talking about, uh, with the previous seasons of Mando moving forward, because like you, I'm also looking forward to seeing what this new composer, and I don't know the name off the top of my head is going to bring, you know, nothing's ever going to take away the music when Luke Skywalker came, uh, in the finale of season two. Like, I'll just put that on and listen. I listened to it today as a matter of fact. Um, nothing's going to take away those, those magnificent, um, uh, songs that we've been treated to over the course of two seasons. One thing that I'm not too surprised to hear that there's been a change because I just think that that man's star is rising. He's becoming maybe even has already become one of the premier composers in Hollywood and not just for shows, but movies too. I mean, he scored both black Panther movies. He's scored. I mean, the list goes on, but, um, I just think he's probably becoming so busy that a comment he made on the Disney Gallery episode when they talked about the the music sort of came back to me when they announced or when the news broke that he was no longer going to score the season. He said that scoring the first season was sort of the equivalent work of scoring three movies. That's a massive, massive time commitment. And if you've got Marvel knocking on your door, who knows, maybe other Star Wars feature films, who knows what other studios are calling for. You know, he he scored the Creed movies. There's another Creed movie coming out soon. I don't know if he scored that, but the man is obviously in demand. And if you're doing a TV show that's going to take the equivalent of three movies, something's got to give, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what we're treated to for this because, you know, new and different isn't always bad. So I'm looking forward to seeing... What um what's in store for us uh, going forward? Um, and with that in mind, you mentioned a couple things, you know, with the writing the rancor and where we may be headed. Uh, you know, I don't swim in the speculation waters. I know you don't either, but it doesn't mean that we can't glean some fun things out of the the materials they're giving us. What is what are some of the things that you're hopeful for uh, based on what you've seen so far?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I I think it is just. Mandalore unfolding and who it, the biggest question, right? I think the, what's going to answer the most is who has the dark saber at the end of the season, right? Um, especially seeing the trailers and seeing all these different Mandalorian helmets and different people showing up, wondering who we're going to talk to, who we're going to meet. Are there people we've only heard of that are going to show up for the first time? Uh, what new characters are we going to meet as well? It is, it is just chock full of excitement right now of what if, but at the same time, it's, you know, I'll take whatever they put out there. You know, I, I think we're relative fans in that regard. I'm not going to be like, I can't believe they didn't do it how I wanted to do it. So I'm not going to like this. It's (laughs) no, exactly. People have worked very hard to get in these positions to create these things, and I appreciate what they've put in, and they've worked hard to be in the right place at the right time to get this opportunity. So I'm super excited that they're getting the opportunity, and I hope I get to. I hope I love every ounce that they poured into it. And so far through two seasons, that's basically been the case for me.
0: Yeah, ditto. Same here. I mean, and, and I'm not even worry isn't doesn't in, in enter my lexicon when it comes to star Wars, because I don't care if I'm watching, um, an episode of the bad batch or an episode of Andor or watching a movie. Uh, I I'm eight years old again when I, when I see this galaxy and I don't care if it's the Mandalorian or if it's the, the, the first ever, the star, a new hope I'm eight years old. I'm in that return of the Jedi theater again. And I'm just giddy. I'm just enjoying and soaking it up. So there's nothing to worry about here by, by any means. Um, Speaking of the Bad Batch, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to share about the Mandalorian before? Because while I have you here, I'd love to hear what you have to say about the Bad Batch uh, season so far. So any other points of the Mandalorian you'd like to share?
1: I, it can't get here fast enough. <laughs> it's almost, you know, we just passed the Super Bowl. Um, I try to time it if if they say that the game's going to start at 630 I worked in the league long enough to know and have been a fan long enough to know that, okay, they they're going to start running their commercials that they're tracking a certain way by that time. So maybe give it 12 to 17 more minutes before you actually show up. <laughs> I, I'm tired of any talk. I'm tired of any, you know, I don't want to see another trailer. Like I I, I, I believe something with Carl Weathers just popped out. Um, recently that I haven't watched Yet. And I, I think I'm at that point where I'm just like, you know what, I don't want to see anything new. Yep. I want to see those colored helmets with that intro, overall Disney plus music going Yep, and start watching the show like that's where I am right now.
0: Yeah, let's go press play. Let's go. <laughs> yep. I'm the same way I I've been watching the you know, the, the thing that they're doing now is the 32nd spots, right that they would run like on a television sh- channel. Um and it's all over Instagram. It seems like it's always hitting my, my Instagram, Twitter feed, everything. And I'm now at the point where I'm going to shut that down because I always like with the, with a week to go or so, um, same thing with Marvel. They do the same thing. They just inundate you. And I don't want to see it. I'm, I've,
1: yeah.
0: my fires are stoked to the point that they don't need to be stoked anymore. And this point I'm going to be seeing things on the show that I'm like, man, I, w- I, I sort of wish I hadn't seen that before when they put that in that 32nd spot. Uh, again, it doesn't ruin the experience, but you know, too much of a good thing can can turn into a not so good thing, right? So I definitely like to temper my excitement going forward. Um, just because it helps. We can my... start our
1: own covert for the next uh <laughs> next thirteen days. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just, exactly. hide from everyone. <laughs> just mute, 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 mute. <laughs> uh but I did mention the bad batch. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh we are uh nine episodes in so a very significant amount uh over halfway through the season how are you enjoying this season season two of the bad batch uh we you know if there's anything you'd like to share about this most recent episode or or that big double episode drop that they gave to us Mm -hmm. um for the midway part of the season uh what do you got how are you liking it
1: it's just smart how they drop things in it is hey here's how we got stormtroopers here's how you know the puppeteers behind the curtain, you No, know, this, was, this was never an accident by George Lucas, setting right. that up and recognizing what's happening by the powers that be. And they're like, oh, all these little pawns are out there and we'll let them talk. We'll let them fight for credit X, Y, and Z. Here's what I need to happen. How can I get these pawns to do that for me? Um, yep. So seeing that play out yet again is just... It's just brilliant, um, and then you know everything about Omega yep. and her journey. I have friends that are just like, "Oh, she's so annoying." And I was like, "Well, you know what? She's kind of a little girl right now. Like she's yeah. learning. You know, like <laughs> she she's trying to measure up to this to these storied war veterans with everything that she does, but like seeing the how tough it was for her not having echo there now yep. seeing just you know that wasn't a ship they lost that was their home yep. to her and that she's never had anything that she really got to own she was just kind of a, a a a an asset in a lab yep basically on camino but then she had her own room that was carved out of this space aboard that ship so she yep. desperately wants that back and just the life lessons that she's picking up and you know as she's going step by step in her relationship with tech and how that kind of continues to grow um from the uh the pod racing that they did i, I riot racing
0: riot racing uh, yeah
1: and them working together there versus everything that just happened in this one as they're you know, it was kind of all I kept thinking of was Goonies during the towards the 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 final third of this past episode, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm waiting for the the treasure ship to come in and for <laughs> you know everyone to, to come in and they're shooting into this water in this gorgeous kind of cove, and the the visuals are amazing. Uh, the storytelling has been very good, and I'm enjoying it." I know I'm distracted by the Mandalorian as well, though. Sure, oh, so
0: that's fair. That's
1: one of the hard parts for me during this is, and I hope I think uh, Greg McLaughlin and Greg Cass have, have brought this up on uh, Breakfast that's with for the Breakfast. Is, yeah, is are is there going to be any sort of intersection between the two? Mm. And that's what I would expect, almost by the timing of it. Because otherwise it's just tough for me, I think, having the Bad Batch leading into Mando. Um and and overlapping in at some parts of it because I'm getting distracted very much already because I'm so <laughs> excited about the Mandalorian. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, there's certainly connective tissue with the the cloning angle on both shows. Um, so who knows i mean if it if it if it does, fantastic, if it doesn't, fantastic, you know, right. like we've said, we're gonna be there watching every week. Uh, but there is certainly connective tissues and themes that definitely apply. You mentioned the um, the talk in this l- most recent uh, episode with Omega and Tech. You also said. I'm gonna I'm put that on the back burner real quick and, and make this point first. You called the the show smart storytelling, and I can't agree with you more. I agree with you so much right there. I would add courageous too, because you know that the the storytellers behind this show, Dave Filoni gets a lot of uh, love and he and he deserves it. But Jennifer Corbett and Brad Rao, they need to be mentioned too because they're in charge of this show. Their names pop up almost first on every at the right. end of every episode. And they are handling this corner of the galaxy with such love and care. And I also add courage there because I can imagine that the temptation of coming in hot and making every episode something to you know blow your mind, I imagine that temptation is there. But they are taking their time. They're developing at a, almost a snail's pace every nuanced aspect of each character. Now, we haven't got a ton of crosshair, but that episode the crosshair was in was powerful. Every episode I see Omega, there's something important happening with her character, with her dynamic in the group. When Echo walked away, that moment was earned. Mm -hmm. We felt that because of conversations that he had had. And those moments were put in there at the... I'm not going to say is sacrificing a big action scene or some big blow-your-mind moment, but they're doing it on purpose because they want to highlight the family aspect of this group so that when she does mourn the loss of her home, we feel it. And you don't do that unless you are courageous in making your decisions. And I just think that they're doing such a terrific job. And yeah, I'm sure that we're going to go, you know, hyper speed through the rest of the season and it's going to be, you know, something important. The, the groundwork has been laid, but boy, I tell you the moments, the quiet moments like text conversation with her about processing information differently doesn't mean he doesn't feel that's a, that's profound. That is a profound storytelling moment. And the, the perspective that we have on each of these characters now, I think is drastically different than we had this time last year because they've taken those times. So I just love the way that they're telling these stories and I'm all for it. You know, if it gets a seven seasons of the bad batch, please keep telling the stories the way that the, that you're telling them.
1: Yeah. And I think part of me also, um, and even from the opening of every show, like there's something dark to this. Um, and I think we're, I think we're very much being set up for a tragedy and it is going to be something like, you know, I am not a crier in any, any sort of capacity, but I, I expect to tear up because of this show. Once certain things happen, like there's, I just feel like there's losses there knowing what's happening in the galaxy, knowing what's happening in the other, the other stories that are associated and things like that, and I think that kind of eats at me in the back a little bit as well.
0: Well, I cry enough for the both of us, I'll tell you. If you're not much of a crier, I just I tear up at commercials. So you, whatever crying you don't do, just understand that you have a friend on the West Coast crying enough for you by all means. <laughs> um, you know, I'll but you bring press up a
1: tear up button. What's that? I'll just press the tear up button. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Over to you. <laughs> um,
0: but you bring up a very good point because you're right, and I I talked about it with the boys a couple episodes ago, where we don't know where these characters are going to end up, and we say we've we faced a similar situation with the Clone Wars too, right? Uh, we didn't know what was going to happen with those characters. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with these either. They don't show up in any meaningful way down the road, and and of course we know. That how Star Wars has been made over the decades and whatnot. Uh, but we don't know what's going to happen with them, but I, I agree with you. I think that there's going to be some some heartbreak uh, involved. And we saw a little bit of it already with Sid. She hung him out to dry in this episode.
1: Yeah,
0: They called for her help, and she's just like, oh, you're going to have to wait. And then she, boop, hung up. It was... That, that was a stark moment. That got my attention.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's leading into what they've been warned about her as well. Like, you know, when you play with fire, you're going to get burned and they're forced to play with fire right now because there's no other heat source. So they have (laughs) to play with that.
0: You know, and it's another, uh, another earned moment, right? We, because of the riot racing episode, we know like, okay, that's not just Sid being Sid. Sid, that's actually really Sid being Sid in a way that we don't want Sid to be Sid. Um, that's a that's a payoff to a moment that's already been given to us previously in the season. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I, I'm uh, I came late to the Star Wars animation uh, boat, but once I got on, uh, you know, it's some of my favorite Star Wars storytelling, to be honest, because because they can take. These slower moments to develop these finer points. I mean, imagine what we would be. Imagine our Star Wars fandom without the Clone Wars. Just imagine if the Clone Wars didn't exist. How much th- that it did for this galaxy. It, same can be said for Rebels. And again, I'll I'll put the bad batch right on top of that too.
1: Well, yeah, and you you lose pockets of decades or generations or however you want to look at it these have enabled kids to have and fans to get involved and have those different entry points. And I think we, I think that's come up on maybe that was rebel base card uh, kind of recently, but having those, that variety of entry points that, that animation has allowed and that is done really well, you know, rebels. I absolutely love rebels. Like that is, that's right up there for me with Rogue One and Empire Strikes Back is the Rebels series. And the character and the, the builds in there, you know, and that's why I'm so geeked about, you know, as excited as as I am about Mando 3, the Ahsoka season. Yeah. I I'm just trying to remind myself like be cool, be cool. <laughs> it's, it's gonna happen. <laughs>
0: it's like sitting next to your crush in the homeroom, right? Just be cool. Be yeah. cool.
1: no, it is and, and now that we have sabine uh, now yeah. that we have natasha being sabine i'm just like oh my god i can't wait until we see that first action sequence
0: and we know what that means also we because of rebels yeah i'll tell you you mentioned rebels rebels has evoked some of the most emotional responses from me as a fan of any star wars at all maybe some you know the the, the finale to season two with ahsoka and darth vader that last shot where it's taking you out of the season it's sort of like this zooming shot they they start on um is it malachor that they're on the, mm-hmm. it starts in malachor and you sort of see you know ahsoka at the bottom and then it zooms out and it goes through the ghost and you see all the different characters and their are different phases of mourning and the music behind that i, I would hold that scene up or that that outro maybe I would hold that up to anything in star Wars because I, w- I went back and had to watch it again. I was like, I, I have to watch this. And there's m- not just that moment in rebels. It, it does it to you quite frequently.
1: Well, yeah. And you're getting Vader, you're getting Maul, you're getting thrown. You, know, you talk about like having that, that new Orleans gumbo. Like, Hey, let's, let's throw a little <laughs> yeah. of this. In. Let's still, yeah. like, this'll add some spice. Like let's, have, let's get some gator tail in there as well. Like, totally. yeah, let, let's, this is all gonna simmer nicely, and it's gonna taste wonderful.
0: Um, well, I tell you, Mr. H, is that what your students call you as Mr. H, or do they go the full holobun?
1: Um, I get Professor Ross. Um, I sounds nice. Funny, I've, I've got a couple <laughs> people, a couple students from sports media that, uh, after they've had me before. I've heard them explain, like, well, I was talking to so and so, we and we're like, yeah, we got to send this to Hollabin. So, like, they're just using my <laughs> last name on things. So, He's I said
0: like, love- one of the guys.
1: <laughs> well, it was cool. Like, one of the students, they went to Lambo from Indianapolis this year to go see a game. And two of the three, it was their first time there. And I hadn't talked to them in a year and a half. And I'm getting text pictures of, here we are at Lambo. Nice. Like we remember you talking about how important it is to have the history of the game and experience everything there is at each place. And I was just like, that meant the world to me.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so and then I, I bumped into one of them after they came back and he was talking through the process. He's like, take that picture and then we got to send it to Hollabin. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Like, that, that's super fun.
0: That's fantastic. Um, well, you know what? I think I've taken enough of your time. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and just uh, joining me on jumping on that Mando hype train, like I've said, um, again, and also talking about the album Cockpit Podcast, which I'm super psyched about. Um, thank you for for sharing all of your thoughts and the history and getting that started up. Uh, go ahead and remind everybody out there where they can find it, where they can find you, uh, and... and you know, where can, where can they see you out there on the interwebs?
1: So you can find the podcast now on Instagram and Twitter album cockpit podcast. So at each of those, um, there is a website. I still need to clean that up a little bit. Uh, the podcast is optimized using anchor FM with Spotify if you have a Spotify account, you can hear the entire songs played on there. Um, so that is why I chose to go to one knowing that it's going to cost me some audience because not everyone has a Spotify account, but it's the way that I wanted to tell the story and let other people tell their stories with it and sharing the full music. So that's, that's why it's a little, it might be a little bit harder to find at times um, until I can find a workaround, but I can't afford the rights to all that music, so thank you, Spotify. No, who thank can? Thank you, Anchor <laughs> FM. Um, and then find me on Twitter at Ross Sullivan and Instagram at popstar Indy.
0: Fantastic, fantastic, and yeah, I think that that's I, I admire that choice that you made because, like you said, it may sacrifice a listener or two, but it's going to enhance the experience and realize your vision for it in a in a more accurate way. So good on you for doing that. Excellent. Um, well. As always, my friend, I appreciate you coming on and talking some Star Wars or whatever it may be the topic of the week that we get to. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and and you're always generous with your time and your availability. Uh, Thanks again for coming on, and thank you for everybody that's out there listening. Only a few more days until Mando, so we hope you enjoyed us getting hyped up about it, and I hope it hyped you up too. So thank you very much for listening, and take good care of yourselves. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of The Colby Cast, unless otherwise indicated.
1: That'll do, Donkey. That'll do.